Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is intended for a mature audience as it contains adult language and can get rather intimate. So grab a cocktail, find a safe place to listen, and make sure your kids aren't around. Hey guys, it's Garcelle Beauvais and welcome to my podcast, Going to Bed with Garcelle. Grab a cocktail and get ready for some grown and sexy conversations with me and some of my closest friends. We're talking sex, life, relationships, did I say sex, and everything in between. All right, tonight I am going to bed with iconic comedian, sex expert, and fellow podcaster, Margaret Cho. Hey, Margaret. Hey, hey. Hi. Hi. And the other person I'm going to bed with has been trying to go to bed with me for years, (laughs) director and producer, Star Victoria. Hey, Star. Hey, Grady. Hi, guys. Welcome to Going to Bed with Garcelle. Margaret, what is your drink of choice tonight? Today I am having, or tonight I'm having um, calamansi juice, which What's is, that? it's kind of like a Filipino lime lemon. Okay. It, even saying it makes me really like my mouth water. It's like, um, it's a very uh, acidic, citric um, kind of experience is I'm, I'm really addicted to sour gummy, sour kit, sour patch kids. Oh my God. So are my kids. That's insane. <laughs> so no alcohol, I take it, right? No, I don't drink alcohol, but um, I oh. do like it. I'll, I haven't drank uh, for <laughs> some time, but I, I get in trouble when I drink. So I oh. try to steer clear. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Star, what is your drink of choice tonight? Uh, I'm drinking my Snoop Dogg wine. Snoop Dogg. What? <laughs> mm, delicious. What is a Snoop Dogg wine? Is it really his wine brand? <laughs> It's really his, well, he's one of the 19 crimes and it, it, this is really cool because this t- comes to life. So you have a little app and he starts telling about how he used to be a little dog and now he's a big dog. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, wow. Is there any weed in it infused? No, weed? but that would be amazing. I'm going to have to try it. Mm-hmm. I am having rosé tonight, so I'm keeping mm-hmm. it light. You know, Delicious. we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll switch to tequila at some point. Uh, Margaret. <laughs> I'm going to jump right in. I heard you think that a woman's G-spot is a myth. Is that right? Well, I think my G-spot is a myth. I don't know <laughs> Why about is your G-spot women's- a myth? <laughs> well, I have never exactly felt like I've had a G-spot orgasm. And then I had this treatment in the late 2000s called the G-spot treatment where they um, – a G-shot. And they pump in um, – a bead of collagen into uh, your the spongy tissue where you believe your G-spot might be in your vagina. Right. And Ooh. so they raise it in order to bring the nerves closer to the surface so it's easier to hit. But even oh. then, that just so they made plump sex it, really Almost like a lip plumber, lip plumper <laughs> right. but it's a vagina right. plumper. Correct. Okay. 
So it would be like a hyaluronic acid or something like that that holds a lot of water. But I think at that time it would be collagen. And then they pump it. it in and then it, but it just made the sex really uncomfortable. And um, so I don't really think, I, I think that I have an A spot, which is interesting, which is an anal G spot. So that's on the other side of the Wait vaginal wall. One minute. Yeah. Have you done yeah. anal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've done oh, a lot of anal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've also gone for <laughs> yeah. a walk and I also did some yoga today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think anal. that when I'm 52 and so as, as they get older, I try to discover more about sex mm-hmm. and try to understand more about orgasms in general. I'm also not a multiple orgasmer and I'm not a squirter. Oh, oh, okay. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I don't think I've ever had a G-spot orgasm either. It's really? usually with a vibrate or something. No, but I don't think I want a needle down there either. I think I'd rather take oh, a no. pill. If they have no, a vaginal pump pill, I would do that. I've given um, some okay. ladies some G-spot orgasms. So I, I don't know. I, I know yeah. it exists because I've hit it a couple of times on some ladies. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. I think that I have done, de- I've done that too. So I do believe that I, other people have them. Ooh. I just think that there, there's not um, one in me. Gotcha. Ooh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Star. So since you jumped right on in with the, <laughs> I've given some uh, orgasms with the G spot. How have you done that? I'd like to know. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, you have to go in and up. And you have to know how to put your fingers in there the right way to be able to massage it in a way where the girl's relaxed and, and, and she is, it's a very intense feeling. So they have to be very relaxed. So, you know, it's just, I'm good with my fingers wow. <laughs> and my toes. So it's, it's all in the wrist. Yeah. It's, it's all, all in the, the wrist. wrist. It's, it's all in the movement, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. So. <laughs> okay. I have, <laughs> I have never had two. I'm going to say, well, you're bisexual, right? Margaret? Correct. Yes. Are you considered bisexual and star mm-hmm. your um, lesbian? Yes, yes. I love women. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. And I love that about you. I want to find out. I've always wanted to know this. Like, when did you know? And star, I feel like you gravitates with trying to turn a straight woman gay or not gay, but just maybe come your way. Why is that so exciting to you? Um, well, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I try to turn, there's a name for that too, with women who try to turn, but no, I I don't try to do that. I just love women and I, I'm not ashamed or shy with hitting on somebody, whether they're straight or gay. So if you're a beautiful woman, I don't care who you are. If, if you are fine, I'm going to come talk to you and be like, Hey girl, Hey, so, you know, (laughs) and I'm cute. So I, you know, it's not too hard for me to, to get a woman who, uh, straight or gay or whatever. I've had women not with their boyfriends or husbands approach me in the bathroom after I smiled at them. It's just What? And have you ever made out oh, with yeah. any of Oh, oh, well the oh, husbands had, out I've there? Sex, well, yeah, I've had sex with married women when their husbands were gone. I was uh very promiscuous when I was young. <laughs> you know. Why do you think you were? Cuz I just love sexually. Women. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I just they're just sexual, they're sensual, they're beautiful, they're exotic, erotic. There's just something about I them. Agree. Yeah, you know, and it's the way they walk, the way they talk. I don't know. I just I look at a man and I'm just like, mm, no, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Women, I get okay. it. Curved, I have to bring everything. this up. I was on 
Instagram and I follow Nisi Nash. So Nisi Nash was saying that she knew her now wife, right? Mm -hmm. And one day they're hanging out watching a movie and all of a sudden they looked at each other and sparks flew. Do you think that a straight person can, that can actually just happen that even though you had no lesbian tendencies or it can just happen like that person ignites something in you? My ex-girlfriend and I were together. She was, she was with her boyfriend for seven years. They lived together and we worked together. And literally one day I was at her house and look, here's the thing. I'm a lesbian. Do not get undressed in front of me because you know, (laughs) I'm going to try to be like, don't poke the bear. And so she did. And I was just like, well, I think this is an invitation. And then we were together okay. for about five years, almost four, four and a half. Wow. Years. How about that? How about and she's that? never been with another woman since me. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Margaret, when did you know you were bisexual? When did you start exploring your sexuality to even be a sex expert and know your body and be okay with it? Well, I started out as a lesbian. So I started out very, um, and I was a teenager. I was very lesbian identified. And so, um, I wore these knee length cargo shorts, denim Uh shorts and like combat boots. And like I had a big bike chain, like real nineties messenger bag and bike chain. I remember those. So you you had the lesbian cross on my (laughs) chest and then um, everything was like really heavy. I don't know. Lesbians Uh love to carry heavy things, but um, like long bangs, shaved head, very that look. And then I, um, I was like, I think I like dick. Like, it was weird, like, because I was so in, <laughs> entrenched in lesbian culture mm-hmm. that to suddenly be attracted to men was like, am I a hasbian? You know, that's what they call oh. them, the women who jump sh- hmm. lesbian ship and go to the oh, other side. I didn't know that. But then I would go hasbian. back and a hasbian. It's back and forth. <laughs> so how did your parents take that? First of all, being a lesbian and then going, oh, but I do love dick too. Well, my parents really are interesting because I grew up in a, my parents owned a gay bookstore. So I grew up in a gay bookstore. So I was around gays and lesbians in the seventies and the eighties. These were like early political um, followers of Harvey Milk, early AIDS activists. So there Mm -hmm. was so much of that already. My parents, my dad loves male attention because South Korea's greatest export is male beauty. So oh. he loves some male attention because he's like, well, men really know what's beautiful. Women just take anything. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but that's, what he that's hilarious. So he that's was very, very uh, into um, gay culture. He was like wow. really trying to push me towards being around gay people. And so, mm-hmm. you know, th- there was an acceptance around my gayness, not acceptance around bisexuality because they didn't believe it existed so they were like Mm. you're straight well then you're bending to societal rules of what women should be that's not okay but we'll go with it but then going back and forth that's really upsetting because they really are very entrenched in this idea that they have a very binary view of sexuality not necessarily gender as they definitely Mm -hmm. accept and understand trans lives but for bisexuality, gender fluidity, uh, wow. queerness is really hard mm-hmm. for them to grasp because they're coming from a very 70s gay pride point of view, which mm. is very different. Wow. They were so forward. That's 
amazing. Not only because being, you know, Korean descent, I would think it'd be more conservative. Like, you know, yeah. my parents coming from Haiti were very conservative. We didn't talk about sex. We weren't, they never even told me about periods. I thought I got shot in the night when my period started. So <laughs> oh, there was no. a lot of trauma going on around my period. <laughs> traumatic, um, yeah. It is traumatic. Um, so mm-hmm. how cool that your parents were that forward. You two have something in common. Um, Star, you were a dancer in Atlanta. Margaret, you were an exotic dancer. You guys, how do you, how does that happen? How do you become an exotic dancer, Margaret? Well, I was a um, a belly dancer for years, and then I danced in Cairo. I danced. Oh um, wow! And this is sort of before I had tattoos. So now you you couldn't be able to really do it with tattoos. It's very. Mm-hmm. Um, different. But uh, yeah, I danced in um, Middle Eastern restaurants in, in America. And I, I also did burlesque. And so to me, it's wow. a real celebration of femininity and the body. And yeah, I love art. some old school stripper, stripper moves. Yeah. Atlanta has the, the best strip clubs, whether it's the Claremont or Magic City. You've got like <laughs> the range of like very different kinds of dancers, very different bodies, age groups, races. It's really it's on. I love it. That's so cool. And star, dancer in ATL, tell me all about it. Um, actually, I was a dancer in New, in New Jersey, New York. So uh, it was, um, mine was more of a survival thing because I was, um, oh. yeah, so, you know, I was kind of dealing with trying to find out who I was as a teenager. And it was just like a good way to make money. My first girlfriend, actually, that kind of made me realize I was gay. She was a dancer. So she was just like, you're beautiful. Your body's beautiful. You should dance. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to dance. And then she was like, but you can make money and you don't have to do anything. And I was like, oh, so I could just dance. dance. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, are you sure? Because I'm not trying to be no hoe. And she's like, no, you're not going to be a hoe. And I said, okay, because I'm not a hoe. So, and she was like, no, you could just dance and do your thing. So when I started dancing and I realized I'm getting like a thousand dollars a night from guys just giving, like thinking I'm beautiful. And I was what? Like, yeah. So I was like pole dancing and everything. What you need? What you need? <laughs> I was doing. That's hard. I could, I was never good on the pole. The pole mean. is so hard. <laughs> it looks hard. So let me ask you this: um, strap-ons. Is that something that you guys are into? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> Margaret, uh, I love your answers. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a rig. I have like a different setup for men as opposed to women. And with women, I don't generally use a strap on. With men, I do though. Men love um, <gasps> to be I have pegged? like a kind of yeah pegged. I have a kind of a yeah. blunt. Huh. Um, strap on that I use uh, that has it's got it's really nice it's got like um sort of like a wide base and it it's just it fits into like this short I have like shorts boy shorts kind of like that kind of a setup uh-huh. um, but with women I generally don't you it's usually more like uh, vibrators or um, mm. hands as opposed to mm-hmm. a strap on now when you have a strap on do you feel like your persona changes do you become more like aggressive or manly like it does it does it do anything to you i would think if i put on a strap on on like i want a holster too and i want to like i want to be like so tough which is probably not sexual at all this is just in my head how does it just fun i think it changes you know it's sort of what you're doing sexually whether it's sort of um power play or role play Mm, or that's what i mean um, it's sort of like i in general, don't um, not a top. 
more like a service mm. top, if anything. So I'm not naturally like a dominant um, person. What's a service sexually. top? A service yeah, top is somebody that will um, be dominant, but not. It's not in their nature. So they're going to ah, sort of draw it play. out. Yeah, according to the desire of the other person, and depending okay. on what's happening. So um, I'm naturally more submissive, but I'm learning more service top things. Like before the pandemic, I was taking a lot of uh, Japanese bondage classes and working on rope work Ooh. and knots and suspension and all this kind of stuff that is not natural to me, but I love the aesthetics of, and I love the, be- it's beautiful. You know, to me, it's very like, it's very lesbian adjacent. It's very macrame. So I love it. Very macrame. Um, <laughs> wasn't thinking macrame. You where does one find a class like that, Margaret? You talk about yeah. this as if it's, you know. Well, uh, there's um, ongoing education. My friend, uh, Mistress Midori, who is an incredible uh, bondage artist and uh, wrote the book on the mm-hmm. art of Japanese bondage and um, teaches classes all over the world. Um, wow. She's nice. very renowned and, and really, really just a beautiful person and a great, great, great like just all around personality and knowledgeable about BDSM and all of the stuff. So she teaches, she was doing different classes um, out here in LA, Mm -hmm. but I mean, she teaches everywhere, you know, it's just really about going and finding, you want to like look, learn about it. I know that she's doing stuff online still too, during the pandemic. Wow. Amazing. I may take a class with you here or there. (laughs) I heard of a woman who, first of all, she thinks that masturbating, during your period can make you have multiple orgasms and she can actually have, I believe it's 18 orgasms. Like I can barely do two. Mm. <laughs> like, how, does one, how does one do that? First of all, I also think like period sex it, to me is not attractive. Is that something that you guys would be into or is it okay? I like it. I mean, I don't mind it. I don't have a period anymore. Um, so I kind of miss it, which is weird. I thought that I would Nobody never misses miss that. Anything. Nobody misses that. I Get out of here, of, Margaret. Well, I miss the um, being kind of in touch with the moon and the tides and kind of when you're having your period oh. and you're, you sort of feel connected to the earth and the universe gotcha. and you realize how powerful women are and we are like Yamaya and the ocean. And so it's that kind of feeling of like, I am one with the universe but um to lose that there's a kind of thing of like maybe i am the universe now so you know there's a okay a different sense of power Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um what do you think about period uh masturbating star um i mean i've had sex with girls while they were on their period um doesn't bother you no i mean because you know take a shower and it's it's pretty dormant (laughs) During the process. <laughs> so it's not going to be a really good problem. Ever master- have you guys ever masturbated when you thought you shouldn't? Have you ever masturbated in Ikea or Starbucks line? At, you know? <laughs> no. Because uh, that coffee, mm, man. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't no. know because I'm not necessarily a, an exhibitionist or a voyeur. So You're not? You would because- think with all the things you said to me, you would be. Yeah, I, I know it's weird because sex to me is such a spiritual thing. It's almost like you can't see it. Although I love the mm. aesthetics of sex, but to me, it's not necessarily a turn on. Like I love 70s porn and I love like huge productions of porn, like the Mitchell brothers who are like these uh, these infamous brothers in San Francisco. They made porn movies like they made um, 
uh, all of the huge things like opening of Misty Beethoven and these they had a big budget for these movies and really huge huge sets and all, I mean it's really incredible and music and it's really amazing but they uh, one of them killed the other one in the eighties actually it's kind of crazy what? crime but they're an interesting um, kind of when porn chic was really kind of a big thing when people would go on dates to porn theaters in the 70s. Oh, I didn't know people were doing that. I love beautiful porn too. I agree with you. It has to be big budget. But I would have loved to have seen when you said they do movies like La La Land porn. Like to me, that would have been really cool. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> that would have been incredible. They could mm-hmm. sing I and ha- fuck. <laughs> I have masturbated in a car on a long road trip. I did do that. That's good. I like, yeah. I like car masturbation too. I'm into that. Yeah, because you know like you're that. driving and you're bored and you're just like, well, it's a long road trip. I got to enjoy myself. <laughs> bring some snacks and bring some lube. <laughs> All right, you guys, I've been wanting to up my sex game. What should I know? What should I, what am I missing out on? Margaret, you're going to go, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Oh, the, um, my favorite thing that I've done, it's two things. It's the Kegel Bell, which is um, oh. a weighted vaginal pulley system and it's like a weight it's a weight machine but it's not a machine it's actually a series of weights that kind of enclose and you can hang them in your shower so every time you take a shower you take it out it's two minutes a day and you work on the exercises and you really can um get to a point where more of your vagina is active and i feel like this really enhances sex not necessarily like i don't have more orgasm orgasm but i have stronger ones and more um, substantial ones. So I would recommend that because it's like when you learn how to engage your Kegel muscles, you're engaging your entire body in the activity. That and the yeah. LV, which is another sort of, um, you attach it to your phone and it kind of mes- calibrates the sort of like whatever the knots or whatever you're doing, like <laughs> makes you press down onto this ball thing and then it calculates how strong your vagina is. And you do these exercises around it. Hmm. I so, thought you were going to tell me have a couple of cocktails and go to a bar, but apparently <laughs> oh, you, not. You do that There's too. I but do. I feel like exercise definitely, or if you're doing yoga or Pilates, those both mm-hmm. really strengthen the pelvic floor. For women, I think it's about strengthening your pelvic floor. The more you can do that, the more we can let go of social conditioning around that area, around our like lower stomach. It's a very loaded issue with women in their lower stomach. Wow. And we're always like encouraged to hold it in, but that weakens the Ooh. vaginal muscle. So oh, you've really amazing. got to think about how societal conditioning has sort of diminished my own sexual response and combat it with other exercises like active ones like the Kegel bell or the LV. Um, both of those I found tremendously helpful. You are the modern Dr. Ruth. Do people know this? <laughs> I would like that. I think so. I would like to be. I mean, I think that's, you know, because she's got the best vibrator too. I don't know if you know about the erosolator. No. It's the Dr. Bru- Do Ruth. Tell. It's kind of like a Sonicare and it's it vibrates <laughs> on a different frequency than like other vibrators. So you don't lessen sensitivity. Sometimes vibrators will make me go numb. And yes, the erosolator yes, yes, yes. actually does the opposite because it vibrates on a a different frequency that's mm. maybe closer to a cat's purr than it is to oh. a machine. So there's something organic. Oh, about I like that idea. It's a little bit yeah. organic. 
Right. So you don't get addicted to it. And then when a guy comes, you're not, you're sort of desensitized. (laughs) It's very different. So the oscillator, I think it takes a little bit of getting used to. There's a bit of a learning curve, but, and it's quite a lot more expensive than some vibrators. Uh, I really recommend it though. I think that anybody who is sort of experiencing a lot of vibrator addiction or fatigue should check out um, the Erosolator, and it's Dr. The Erosolator. I am on that. I am on it right <laughs> now. <laughs> How do you introduce, let's say you are kinkier than your your partner or your mate, whoever you're with. How do you introduce, like, Star, I'm going to start with you. If you want to introduce something kinkier that they're not used to. Um, alcohol helps. Like, is that a conversation? Is it well, alcohol definitely helps? It definitely Cheers helps. to That's that. That's an alcohol, girl. Here you go. <laughs> Have some Snoop Dogg wine. <laughs> Snoop Dogg wine and relax. No, it's um. I think it's pretty mm. simple. You know, if if you if they are trusting of you, then they're going to trust that yeah. whatever you're going to do to them is going to be safe, fun, and you know. I mean, I've always told all the women that I'm the best they'll ever have, and so it usually always ends up being that way. So they trust me. You're and so humble. I am so humble. <laughs> and. So it's just it's just about talking with them and I think getting them comfortable. Yeah. But most of the time, I've never had a problem. But I've never tried anything too outrageous, you know, tying yeah. up and all that good stuff. They're, I think they're comfortable. Although I don't let people tie me up. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> no, I, I no, I like the idea of it, but I don't know if I trust them. I'd have to know you for a very long time. Very long time. Like, right? Give me your credit a good card. Way to get it. Yeah. <laughs> You get a notary public in there. I think yeah, it's exactly. like really um, a good way to get into bondage is just to uh, have people not move. So you place their hands what in a position and they can't say, so don't move your hands as if they're tied together. So the, oh, the restraint is imaginary. So oh. the ropes are imaginary ropes. And that's a good way to start because it is, it's kind of, it is uncomfortable. Bondage is a weird, uncomfortable thing. But if the, the thought of it is a turn on, then the best way to go about it is to, just ask somebody to not move from the position you put them in. I and then, love that. That yeah. I can get behind. That, that, I can yeah, do that's that all great. day. Margaret, would you come out with a sex? I feel like you should have a sex toy line or something. I would love that. I would love do that. I, I think that. Um, I would love that. It would be wonderful, you know, and I would really focus on, you know what I love? I mean, I don't smoke marijuana anymore, but I love marijuana lube for anal and vaginal, but especially for anal because it gets you high and you can taste it, which is super weird. Like right away, you can taste it. Like strawberry. And it's so incredible. So I would say like, I would love to have like a marijuana lube, like a, a, or a CBD lube line um, to me because those I think are very, yeah. I know, right? Those are very amazing. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's amazing. Okay, so wait. So is it a gummy? Is it oil that they put in your anal and then all of a sudden you feel high from it? That's really interesting. Yeah, it's like a gel, but it also opens... Like, because marijuana does something where it really opens you uh, up physically to experience sex, I think. Um, Mm. You know, there's something freeing about it. Alcohol does too, but for some reason, marijuana is even more so. I think there's something about weed that's just very sexy and gets people in the mind to be in their body more. Margaret, the last person you were with, girl or boy? Boy. How was it? 
great. He's great. I mean, I've been seeing him for a year. We're really, we're like having so much fun because we're grown. You know, mm-hmm. when you're like in this sort of like 40s, 50s, you're grown and you know what you want right. and you're not in it for like some kind of thing of like, I want to get a ring. I want to get married. There's none of that. So it's very yeah. beautiful. Like I, I'm really having a good time with him and um, I was experimenting a lot and I was going to dungeons and stuff in 2019 and I was just like, I think this is too performative. Like it's really uh. kind of exhausting. So I wanted to sort of like reel it in, especially during this time. So right. I have a nice time with him. That's amazing. Um, wow. Start. Obviously, last time you had sex was. <laughs> last time I had sex. Um, mm-hmm. God, 1960. Shut um, up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, though. It's been a minute. Uh, I been a minute. It has been a minute. It has been. I've gotten more picky, which is weird. I had to like have a talk with myself because usually I wasn't too picky, but now I'm picky and I'm just like, oh, I'm getting older because I'm picky. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was last year sometime around November, December, something like that. Okay. So you're itching to get back in. Can we say that? Well, yeah, there's some ladies. There's some ladies, but. How do you guys, like, what's your way of romancing someone? So let's say you're in charge of romancing that night. Margaret, what are you going to do? Either your man or your girl comes over. What's what's your romance? I think cooking yeah. is a good way. Mm-hmm. Like when you get the mm-hmm. engagement of senses, whether mm-hmm. it's like watching something really stimulating, like a beautiful movie or eating something really delicious, cooking something nice. And I get down into, yeah. I have like a mortar and pestle and like I make all the Thai food and stuff. So it's like a very like intense feeling. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I have, I have to wear a skirt when I have this giant mortar and pestle and I pound it between my legs. Like it's very, (laughs) that's very erotic. It's very erotic. It's very Asian. So it's like really good. So yeah, cooking, uh, watching something beautiful, not having so much pressure around the Mm. sex, but it's making it sort of a sensual entry. Mm. And then if sex happens, it's sort of a natural progression of like, let's do this sense, this, and then moving down. Got it. Awesome. Okay, Star, let's paint the picture. I call you up. It's Friday night. And I go, hey, Star, I want to hang out. Um, Can I come over? What are you going to do for me? Hell yeah, you can come over. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? What am I going to do? When you come over, I would have candlelights and I would have flowers (laughs) and music. I'm a big music head, so I like to dance. So dancing and uh, massage. I I love to give a massage because I like to make sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, the lady's nice and relaxed. And I'm a big conversation person. So it's kind of like mind sex while I'm massaging you. So it's not only that I'm turning on your body with my massage, but also a conversation. Um, and in the meantime, like I said, there'll be flowers and nice music playing. And wine. All right. Good wine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. You guys, I have enjoyed this so much. This is my favorite part of the podcast. This is where We get to highlight someone who's made you laugh, who's inspired you this week, and we call it going to bed with. So, Star, I'm going to ask you, who would you like to go to bed with? You know, and this is this is going to come off sexual because, you know, I love me some black women, but Mm -hmm. it's not sexual. I just I love right now. I'm just in tune with so many sisters. And it's like every strong black woman who is just thriving and striving. I just 
I have so much respect that. for them. So those are who I'd like to go to bed. I love that. Awesome. So you're a hoe. You want to go to bed with a bunch yeah. of them. <laughs> okay, that's my takeaway from that. Uh, Margaret, who would you like to go to bed with? There's this girl that I've been kind of obsessed with on TikTok. She's so she's way too young for me, but her name they call her Taylor that dancer. And mm-hmm. these kids on TikTok, they're just about 27, but they do these dances that are just so phenomenal because it's almost like you're watching a computer glitch in the matrix where they're moving oh. like like tiny little like synchronized movements that yeah. are almost like is this some kind of like computer animation thing? But no, it's just dance. And uh, she's a lesbian. She's just gorgeous, but she could be like my daughter. So I'm like, that. she's way too young, but I just love to, I'm just obsessed with her, her channel and watching her online. Um, you guys, I have decided today to go to bed with Jane Fonda. I mean, she is 83 years old, activism, mm-hmm. like is, owns who she is, her sexuality, her feminism. I think she is just a rock star. So I'd like to go to bed with her. So Margaret, is there anything you want to promote or where do you want my fans to follow you? Give us all the details. I have a new podcast. It's called um, Mortal Minorities and it's um, on the Arios Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's um, the history of Asian American hate crimes, uh, whether it's um, as soon as Atlanta, uh, a couple weeks ago, all the way back to the gold rush uh, in California. So mm. it's historical and modern crimes against and by Asian Americans. Amazing. And do you want to give your social? Um, you can follow me at Margaret Cho on Twitter and at Margaret underscore Cho on Instagram. Perfect. Star, what do you want to promote? What? Do you, where do you want us to follow you? Excellent. Um, I just directed a feature film that will actually be screening on Lifetime April 10th called Lust, which stars Carrie Hilson, Tank, Tobias Yay. Trevelyan, wow. and it's a T.D. Jakes executive produced you know, movie. So that's April 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Everybody should watch Yay. it. And they could follow me at, thank you, they could follow me at Star Victoria Director on Instagram. Yay. Awesome. Yay. Congratulations. And I can't wait for us to work together again. I love that. Yes, absolutely. This has been really, really fun. Thank you guys for taking the time to go to bed with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks Thank for having Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And you can help support us by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. The after party continues on my Instagram at Garcelle and on my Twitter at Garcelle B. And you can now watch our full episodes on YouTube. Going to Bed with Garcelle is an Orion podcast produced by Orion Television, Audio Up, and Rose Wilson Productions. Distributed by Audio Up. Concept by Garcelle Beauvais and Lisa L. Wilson. Hosted by Garcelle Beauvais. Executive producers... Barry Posnick, Garcelle Beauvais, Lisa L. Wilson, Sam Winter, and Crystal Lining. Co-executive producers, Cindy Levinson, Emu Zhu, associate producer, Taz Beckford. Music from Extreme Music. The show was edited and mixed by Jeremiah Zimmerman. How'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. 
The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.